Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. everybody and welcome to season six of grace academy i am one of your hosts kelsey fuck you <laughs> he's, he's mad <laughs> and i'm one of your hosts carmen and i don't give a fuck about this fucking data podcast show shit anymore <laughs> if that were true, why he wouldn't be mad what what is going on i have had an embargo on my communications with Kelsey over the last 24 hours. Yeah. I've held it all in. I was, guys, listen. You know how I'm right about everything all the time, always, on all of my predictions? Are you talking to me? Because I don't think you can't possibly be talking to me. <laughs> I just don't. I got I to gotta give it up to you. You just held your poker face so great and you allowed me to be so confident last week when i predicted that izzy was for sure dead well like when when i watched it i never had a moment of thought where i was like george isn't dead so i was going into last week's episode prepared to be like talking about like i have all this like behind the scenes stuff i wanted to talk about and i like couldn't talk about any of it because it was a giveaway that george is actually dead and so i mean it was pretty early on in the episode when you go wait he's dead dead and i was like oh i don't know which like I, it totally caught me off guard i wasn't sure i wasn't sure that you in that moment if you were like trying to actively misdirect me or no that was my recovery yeah no it was it was good um because I was like, there's no way. There's no way George is actually dead. And there's no way that Izzy lives. Okay. And I was so, so let's wrong break on this both. Down. Well, hold okay. on. Let's do the other stuff first and then we'll get into other it. Other stuff. Gosh. Okay, but also, so... hold on. I just want to say, fuck you. Continue. Okay, thank you. <laughs> he did, he Respectfully. did send me that. I, yesterday, I like wanted to know when he was going to watch it, but I didn't want to be like, because I'm like, on edge to see how you react. So I said, are you going to watch the episode tonight? And he said, I will. Yes. And I go, okay, same. And then I like said something that was irrelevant to grace. And that was at eight 30 and at nine Oh two, he said, I hate you. And I hate this show. <laughs> and she I responded just, just with the Jake Peralta meme that just says, cool, 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 cool. So yeah, okay. that's, that was when it all started for Carmi. And all of you listening on our Patreon Discord channel, just laugh it up. Just laugh it up at your oh, boy yeah, Carmen. There was a whole side chat going on. I, I mean, during, yeah. literally while we were recording, I got on Patreon and I said, guys, he thinks George is still alive whilst recording. Hmm. So the Carmen free thread has really been popping off for like a week straight <laughs> talking about this and talk, they're all excited. And I had multiple people message on Instagram to be like, wow, cannot wait till Carmen watches the first episode. <laughs> and you know, what's good about this one is, 
um like uh, so many other predictions it's been like oh man we have to wait so long till he gets to realizing how right he is or he gets to realize how wrong he is this is like the next episode <laughs> it's so soon so soon i have fallen so far <laughs> it was i was the mighty have fallen because you had quite a few correct ones last episode and now it's downhill yeah not a single not could a have been more wrong prediction as far as the eye can see yeah yeah all right well let's let's do this before we jump into everything mm-hmm do we want to do shout outs first or do we want yes. to do the episode? I, first of all, I want to shout out Claudio who emailed me. Shout um, out. I am not sure where did not say where you are listening from. Um, but I can't read the email cause there's a bit of spoilers, but basically they're excited and, um, excited to get just to keep going. But, um, they have watched the show like mainly just the first certain amount of seasons, but they're excited to watch with us as we continue. Nice. Um, and, Thanks uh, for listening, Claudio. Talking about the uh, the shocking season five finale, blasting mm. in the background, <laughs> the song mm. blasting in the background. So, oh, and I will say again. Okay, you know what? We'll have to get it. So, anyway, shout out Claudio. Thank you for emailing. Um, Maddie also emailed us. We haven't heard from her in a while. She's been Maddie. Yes. So finally back into the, the Gray's world with us. Um, and then Megan, I was just talking to not our friend Megan who hosted, but our friend Megan, who you had shouted out when Megan was on also reached out because we were talking yes. about things that you have not yet experienced. Um, so yeah, I think there was another one, but I have to switch to the other account did you have any shout outs yeah i've got oh sorry i've got two shout outs uh one is to our uh one of our newer patreon patrons is it Callista or Callista? i think Callista. Callista. okay but well I either way have no idea when you when you hear this because i just let her know i was going to shout her out when you when you hear this can you please just send me a quick instagram message back and let me know if it's Callista or Callista. um I, uh, so she followed me on Instagram after she was a Patreon member. So Mm -hmm. I reached out and I was like, oh, hey, like, what's up? No spoilies. Like, let's chat. And then she messaged in our Discord and I was like, oh, wait, fuck, I'm stupid. (laughs) So I just messaged her and she was, she says that uh, I remind her of her best friend at how much I crack her up. So you are good in my book, pal. And Um. then Jessica, a new Jessica. Not the one you're married to. Not the one I'm married to. Uh, loves the podcast. So she says that when she binges this, it's an understatement. She found our podcast last week and she's already in season three. So shout out. And I I told her that I was going to shout her out too. Uh, Oh, shout out Dr. Jess. Oh, she's a doctor. Oh, she like literally just responded to me. Oh, we need to have Uh, her on the show. We have so many questions. We're going to have a doctor episode. We're going to have to have a Dr. Jess episode. Yeah, I apparently she's laughing at my predictions. Just you wait until you get to <laughs> fucking season five and season six. Um, uh, yeah, okay, we got to get so on the I show, Doctor Jess. Um, I am I am so sorry about if I pronounce this wrong. Divanishi. Um, I was talking to her on our Instagram page. She found us from the Miles episode, and she um <laughs> was excited to see your reaction to season five. Oh yeah? Oh yeah, were you? 
Oh, and then Amber, who I think I've shouted out before because I've definitely talked back and forth with her before, but she was, so she actually lives um, abroad. So she had messaged me this past week that since she's eight hours ahead, she was like constantly refreshing all day to like until the new episode was up because she was excited to to get your reaction. And she said she also really um, remembers the season five finale watching it live. Um, and so it's just just such a good time oh and she thought that your um finale threesome prediction was going to be izzy denny and george (laughs) oh yeah wow that would have been intense (laughs) so yeah is she studying abroad in paris because i see an eiffel tower she moved away she moved from the u.s to spain Ah. i won't i won't say where but the country of spain (laughs) wait so hold on also, Jester just responded to me. I was like, yo, you're a doctor? Come on the show. And she's like, not that kind of doctor. I did medical research, but no actual doctor doctorness. Mm, so she now might I'm... be able to still answer some questions. <laughs> All right. Let me That's just funny. hold on. Hold on. Let me just let me just. Ooh, wait, I got one of these too. Well, Mine's a fresca. Miller Light, come on the show. Also, did you ever have uh the the packages of grandma's cookies as a kid? You ever see, you ever like see this, this the brand? little blue bag? Yeah, this is a brown one. the sandwich one. cookies? Oh, no, I like these. the little mini ones that are the sandwich cookies. Oh, yeah, those are good, But too. it's that those same brand. Uh, anyways, okay, so any more shout-outs other than um, shout-out at Grey's Academy Pod on Instagram at yeah, Grey's Academy if, Pod at gmail.com? Hopefully you guys have already seen it by now, but we have posted Carmen's reaction to the George realization yes. on our Instagram page, so... Go follow that. Go share it so that other people can enjoy that journey with us. Um, It's a journey for sure. It is. It is at that. Uh, And so, yeah, um, I think that was all the shout outs. That's all I had. You know, I just have to get this off. When the whole thing came out about like, what's your Roman Empire? I was like, Mm -hmm. I can't possibly imagine thinking about something every day that isn't like within my immediate household. Like there's not Mm -hmm. much that I think of outside of like my day-to-day life constantly. Okay. And then Travis and Taylor started dating. And let me tell you, I now understand what it's like to have a Roman empire because I think about that so many times a day. And if this couple breaks up, it will do something to me that will be bad. (laughs) I... I want them to get married. I want, I'm planning the wedding. I'm ready. Well, they did invite us. We're their favorite podcast. I swear to God. Like I can't, I, it's on. We're going to have to do a whole Patreon about it because I have so much, so much to say. And I am coming. Let me just say this. I'm coming from the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, I feel like there are a lot of Swifties who have become football fans or have become Chiefs fans or become just Travis Kelsey fans in general. I would never have classified myself as a Swiftie. I never, like, was against her music. I always enjoyed her music, but I was never, like, chasing it down, like, counting down, staying up till midnight to listen, whatever. But I was a Travis Kelsey fan, mainly because he spells his last name with a C and his number is my birthday. And I like those things. I'm wildly shallow. So that was I, like, well, I, can, I like this person. 
I, I mean, I, I can confirm Kelsey is shallow. We're all shallow. I'm also yeah, shallow. I'm just but honest just about it. Just so I can confirm, all of you listening out there, I want you all to know Kelsey is not a fair weather Travis Kelsey fan. She has no, no. been before I knew who he was as a human. She has been a Travis Kelsey fan. This yes. has been going on for years. So I'm going to confirm I, that. I'm going to give you this respect that you you've earned this. So I'm just saying I'm coming at it from like the opposite angle of most right. people that I know who are going from being Swifties to now like being Chiefs or Travis Kelsey fans. And I'm like, I'm like, well, now somebody teach me the Swifty lore because <laughs> I, I'm on board, too. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's definitely been something that I can't avoid with any of my any of my uh, timelines at all. But I also like. Taylor Swift and her music. So. Yes. But. Okay. So I just had to say that because it's on my brain constantly. I am singing Carmen is the guy on the chiefs coming straight home to me 68 times a day. Carmen. Carmen is the guy on the chiefs. <laughs> also, this is the last shot I'm going to have. Jessica, when you listen to this, Dr. Jess, she so she said she's not that kind of doctor, and then she says I'm an innovation chemist, and then she sent me a meme of Beaker setting a fire in a laboratory. Hilarious! So, I love a Muppet. I reference. had to share that. Yeah, I had to share that with you. Uh, so I'll let her know after we're done recording. But anyways, all right, let's. Uh, you guys, it's a 12 minute 35 second mark. Let's just go ahead and jump right into this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't even. I feel like I don't even know. I think I should. Um, I feel like I have to go through all the stuff that I wanted to say last week that I couldn't. Well, let's start. Let's uh, should we get, let's just fucking start with George. George is dead, guys. George. George is dead. Who is surprised? Has died. Only God. Right, me. Um, me. <laughs> okay, so let me just say this: the elevator scene in the end of last episode originally was scripted to open the doors to Denny, but it, at the last minute. Shonda decided she wanted it to be George. T.R. Knight had already shaved his head because he thought he was done with production because he had filmed what he needed to film. So he was like, I'll do it, but my head is shaved. And she was like, perfect. We'll throw you in the medic uniform. Um, then, then she asked him if he would be willing to do the first episode of season six. She wanted to, to do basically his point of view from telling the chief and the chief telling him to go home to him getting hit by the bus to him coming back to the hospital and them not knowing it's him. She wanted it to do it that same time frame from his perspective. That would have been sick, but he was Why, like, I'd really was... rather not. He just wanted to kind of have like a clean break from it. So also here's the thing with Catherine. Wait, Heidel. wait, Sorry, pause, pause, pause. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's just real quick. Let's let's pause right there. Let's do the the episode intro. Mm. Let's just do the real quick music stuff okay. and then let's just jump right in. Okay. This is episode 103. It's the first season first episode of the 6th season and it is called Good Morning, Morning like Grief. And that is a song. Yes, Good Morning with an OU is a song by uh the uh the American hip hop duo of Twali, uh, Talib Kweli and High Tech, the DJ and hip hop producer, their duo was called Reflection Eternal. This song was their debut. This song is off of their debut debut album, Train of Thought, released October seventeenth, two thousand. So this song did not specifically chart. The album itself 
reached as high as number 17 on the U.S. Billboard Top 200, number five on the hip-hop charts. So I, I need to backtrack because I knew nothing about these guys. So Talib Kweli, uh, was, he's a rapper born October 3rd, 1975 from Brooklyn. Uh, he's done a ton of stuff, and he's recorded with a ton of people, but I've never heard of this guy before. So he's recorded with uh, Most Def, Kanye West, Just Blaze, Pharrell, uh, Pharrell Williams, and he just released an album. It's called Gotham, which was released uh, in 2020. So he has like some pretty pretty good albums that have charted. Like I said, this uh, this album... Uh, reflection eternal or a train of thought was it got as high as 17 on the album chart so uh it's not my genre it also thank you kelsey for finding it it was not on the itunes uh yeah it was really confusing um trying to find it because it wasn't on itunes but he has like so much of the rest of his catalog is on itunes so i was super confused there's also a bajillion songs with this title apparently um but but yeah, like you said, when you said that he has recorded with a bunch of people, like, yeah, his catalog on iTunes or Apple Music is extensive. So I was super confused as to why this song specifically wasn't on there, but I was able to find it. Oh, actually, YouTube, so. I found it. Oh, you did? It okay. was under ref- it was under Reflection Eternal, the oh, band, not okay. not Talib Kweli. So uh, anyways, yeah, so you can you can definitely go check that out. Guys, I, I'm not a big rap hip hop guy. Um, and this song in particular just wasn't super catchy for me. So, uh, for that reason, I'm out. It was, uh, it was a zero out of five. It did not get downloaded to the iTunes playlist, but mad respect. It was really cool getting to learn about this guy and his journey, Mm -hmm. um, and the songs that he's had and the, the people that he's worked with. So with that, let's go ahead and bring it back. Let's talk about that elevator scene. Let's talk about Catherine Heigl and her situation while you eat a bite of cookie. Okay. Um, uh, well, first, this episode was written by Kirsta, Krista, Krista. I wrote it wrong. It's Krista, space, Virnoff. <laughs> Not uh, Chris Devirnoff. Yeah. Uh, and directed by Edward Ornelius. Uh, aired September 24th, 2009 to 17.03 million views, which was like point. Two million less than the season five finale, so I guess those people just never knew what happened. Um, those are all the the George lovers. <laughs> and then uh, the Netflix synopsis is: the hospital staff is confronted with a crisis. In the aftermath, they find different ways to cope. Now, also, let me say that this episode and the one directly following it did air together, but for scheduling purposes, we're doing this one, and I feel like. After watching it, I was like, it's fine. It'll be fine. We'll just do them separately. You, it's oh, not, again, okay. there's like, it's kind of like the season five finale where it doesn't feel like they're super, super intact. Like you have to watch them together. Um, like some of the other finales or two part episodes have been. So I was not pressed about like forcing us to do them back to back like I have done with other episodes. Um, okay. So. I don't know. I don't remember specifically how many seasons the contracts were for, but both TR Knight and Catherine Heigl were signed through the end of six. TR Knight went to Shonda and was like, Hey, I just like feel like maybe my time with this show is over. And if like, if you could, if you think that it's, you could do it and like stay true to the character and true to the story, I would like to leave the show. This allegedly happened 
amongst at the same time frame as all the Katherine Heigl drama where there was like what seemed like disrespectful statements were made. And then it was kind of like, she was like, well, I want to leave the show. And they were like, well, you're signed through season six, bitch. So we're going to make you stay again. That's my take on it. I don't know for sure. I do feel like she was kind of Catherine Heigl was kind of crucified in the media in maybe an unfair light that was not necessarily the truest to what had actually happened behind the scenes. So I wasn't there. I don't know, but that's kind of how it played out to my memory. It's been a while. It's 14 so, years ago. <laughs> what was... What? No, it was 14 <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> uh, so why did why did George leave the show? What was his reason? He just he got... Was like, he was like, hey, I've really loved my time here, but I kind of feel like my character... Um, hasn't really had a lot of like momentum on the show and I respect what you're doing, but like, I just don't think this is for me anymore. I'd love, to, and I think he, I mean, he still had a great relationship with Shonda to my understanding. They had like their words talk about him doing another show with her, but I think maybe it like didn't get picked up. Um, I don't really remember the details on that, but yeah, I don't think there was any bad blood. I think he just went and was like respectfully, you know, I think my time here is, is ending. And if you can, uh, maintain like the quality of like the sincerity of the character and everything. Like I would like to leave the show. And she was like, yeah, sure. Here you go. No one saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. Literally no one. I was still in disbelief even after seeing it. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't think it was real. He was very, so what was your, okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other behind the scenes stuff I wanted to talk about that I couldn't mention last week. Um, I don't think so. I think those were the big ones, but did, did uh, the interview go into any detail of why specifically Shonda was like making that last minute change? So it wasn't Denny at the end. It was, it was George. Did she say why? I don't think, I don't remember seeing that in the interview. I think for me personally, I think it just verifies that he's dead. No, I know it did not read like that for you. No, it was that a is dream. how it read for me. It was me. just a dream because Izzy didn't it's die and Izzy saw him. Dream. Well, she did die. She was fully flatlined. She just didn't stay dead. <sighs> All right. So my open, uh, my opening, uh, there's no recap. So here's yeah, what no I said recap. in the beginning. Recap, colon, in lower capital, lower, lowercase. They're still working on George and Izzy. All caps. Izzy is alive and George is actually dead? Yep. Callie hyperventilating. Oh, no. That was my opening. Those are my opening thoughts. That's those. Those are correct thoughts. I feel like. Yeah, I had the capital letters on a lot in this episode. Yeah, um, it was a wild <sighs> journey. Uh, here's the other thing, and this is not clearly what happened because I watched it recently, but um, I really vividly remember the very last shot of season five finale when they're it's on her like it's like the above shot and they're shocking Izzy and then it just cuts to black. I like remember her eyes opening and then it cutting to black. 
I don't know why I remember that, but I really thought that's how it played out. Like that in my memory, when I watched it on Netflix, I was like, did they change the ending? Like, I was like, I do not. Like, I remember her. I just remember thinking she was still alive and George was dead. So if I would have seen her eyes open, I probably would have been like, oh shit, like George is probably dead, dead. Yeah. You just didn't think they were going to kill both, but you were so sure I didn't that think they, they were, were... going to kill Izzy, that they couldn't kill him. Yeah. I knew, well, at that point I knew one of them was dead. Right. And I assumed it was going to be Izzy. Yes. Right. But again, that's kind of where the rest of us were at that time as well. But the thing, the thing for me is, and if you've been listening to this show for a while now, you know that my official prediction for a while is that George is still on the show because I've never seen this motherfucker do anything else. I've never seen actually him anything just else. on his IMDb. Don't go there. Um, oh. But you can like. He he had a bit of a break, but he was he's currently on that show, um, the HBO Max show, The Flight Attendant. Never heard of it. It has. Um, oh, my God. The girl from Big Bang Theory. What's her name? It starts with Kaylee a Cuoco. Yes. She's a flight. Love attendant. her. And the, he's apparently also on the show. So don't look at IMDb because what I'm gathering is George comes back. Oh, just don't look at it. And he is in private practice. Can you imagine? He comes back alive in private practice. But he plays a character named Denny Dumally. <laughs> Domally. 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 So I guess let's just finish talking about George because this is what we've been we've started this whole episode with. Uh, any other well, any first, other things that people like, need to just crap on me for because i was so wrong like any other comments they make you think for a minute that maybe they're wrong like yeah lexi and mark okay first of all lexi and mark they're like talking like normal and amanda runs up and is like hey who's george and i was like wait are they not are they together again what's happening (laughs) yeah i want you to know that for a second when when lexi walks up and goes guys, that's not George. Like you guys are idiots. Look at how tall this guy is. Yeah. And I was like, it's not, it's not, he's alive. But then I was like, how, what is, what is the rest of this episode going to be like? And then they're all just shitting on Meredith. They're like, Meredith, how, like what? Zero, zero seven can mean anything. Like what the fuck? Come on. And then Kelly's like, no, no, no. He's got a, he's got a little, little freckle. The, the, the shape of Texas. Yeah. I got this. And she goes and she, she like, there's some delay. And I'm like, we're good. We're in the clear. George is alive. And he's still dead. And I just want to say, so go ahead. Oh, go, go, no, you go ahead. No, you, go you, ahead. No, you first. No, you first. I want to say this. Everyone out there listening. I have spent the last, how many, how many years have we done this podcast now? A two. Over two. Two years. I've spent the last two years going, why the fuck does anyone care about George? Guys, I just started caring about George. This is this is Shonda going, Carmen, you, you can't have nice things. I will say, I don't remember who it was specifically. It may have been Brianna. Um, had said, I think a lot of people's fondness for George comes from like the trauma of the way he was just brutally taken from us <laughs> and gone too soon who he was as a character and i was like that might be true that might be true and i will I, say i feel the same way where it's like okay i just started liking you yeah but did i like you because you were better or did i like you because you were in the show less mm, hard to say and i almost 
I almost like George a little bit less just because of the person that he saved. Like, she's just so annoying. She's really obnoxious. Amanda, get it together. Yeah. She's, she's always crying. She is. <laughs> and I mean, like, yeah. I empathize. Like, I feel bad. Like, I cannot imagine what, having someone die saving me. Like, that is, like, survivor's guilt to the nth oh, degree. Oh, Absolutely. Especially never go if away. it's a stranger. And then you also have to like watch all of their family and friends like mourn you, warn them like, oh, gross. I would not feel good about it. But yeah, yeah, sh- yeah. I don't like I, I don't like her. Yeah. So but, but everyone yeah. out there listening, everyone out there who your favorite character is George, for whatever reason it is, I just want to personally apologize to the verbal abuse that I have put poor George O'Malley through the last two years. I don't feel bad for what I said. I meant it. But I'm sorry I meant if it. I hurt your feelings. But but now I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. And I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> Rest in peace, George O'Malley. Gone too yeah. soon. Yeah, that is true. Um, I would have, you know, it would have been interesting to see where his storyline goes through the show. But I don't know, man. It's it's a lot. Uh, where, would, where do you think? Well, I guess you can't really tell me, but... Uh, I really do wonder if there's any interviews out there of like what Shonda's plan would have been for season six. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm very curious. Maybe if there are ones out there that you can't that that actually exists and you're just playing it close to the chest right now. Uh, and when we get through season six, I mean, there might be, but I don't know what they are. But I'll look into it. Oh, (laughs) okay. Goodness, I don't know. But yeah, so then. With the whole Catherine Heigl thing, like being in season six, being like, well, we're just going to drag this out and make everyone think you're going to die. But then we're really going to make you like fulfill your. It's just like that's how it feels. That's how it seems. I remember thinking at the time that's how it was playing out. So it's now now I have to re rethink my entire outlook on season six because I had Izzy dead. Izzy was not in my season six plans. George yeah. was. Not yeah. anymore. <laughs> not so much now. So anyways, then we get. So after there's this whole back and forth. Uh, they finally they they man fucking Chandra Wilson in this episode, dude. Yeah. Uh, Weber and Bailey come in and Hunt is the ballsiest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. Just stones of steel. Is he a donor? <laughs> I mean, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. I like Hunt. I really like it. It's a good episode for him for sure. Um, I, I will say it does. It feels tactless, but at the same time, it's like you need to know because if you want to honor their wishes, you have to do it. Like there's such a small window Correct. to be able to do it. And um, my one of my issues with this episode is, of course, he's a donor. Yeah. Like maybe I don't like George, but like, of course, he would want to donate his organs like anyone who like the fact that there's a debate about that seems very odd to me and i know i know a lot of it was just basically to circle like to circle back to his relationship with izzy and everything but it's just like obviously he would be like 
everyone, I just feel like it would be so obvious to anyone who knew him that he would be a donor. Like, I mean, I guess you have to know for sure, but I, I just like when Callie's like, oh, I don't know. Yes, you do. Everybody, yeah. everybody who knows him would know that. To, Absolutely. I, that's just how I feel. It's like, it, it, that's just the kind of person that he was like, whether I enjoy found him obnoxious or not, I still think he was a really good person. And I still feel like, especially after losing his dad, he would do anything to like help save people. Even if, you know, it means donating his organs. Right. And so that was like, just like a really bizarre storyline to me. And I understand for the sake of the plot, why it was done, but I just like, it's it felt disingenuous in a way i don't know no i get that completely i actually made a note because when when they go to the end so obviously i'm I'm skipping ahead a couple of pieces here but when izzy said george would give everything yes. first off fucking dagger to the heart okay he would though it's so he true would. second off he would we don't need a, a, a wallet to tell to tell us that mm-hmm. so i yeah, it was, though. I mean, the way they, they wrote that line, George would give everything. It's so true. It um, almost makes me like him. It almost is enough. I want to go back and listen to this podcast from the beginning. I just forget. I probably said some mean shit about George. Yeah. No, we didn't oh, like boy. him. For like most of the time. He was around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are definitely I feel like it got to less of an active dislike and more of just like a being indifferent on yeah in the beginning and like with the whole Meredith thing it was definitely more active but like it became more indifference than anything else like there are definitely people I dislike like I actively dislike Izzy for a lot of the show um, up to this point and so it's like you know it is what it is he was never a fave. Obviously, I I hate Derek. Obviously, we need an example to know what I really feel of dislike right. about someone. It's Derek, but it's not that you hate Derek. You just hate Derek. I do hate him, though. Yeah. Did we mention that he's the sexiest man alive? Because he's a good looking man. It's a good looking man. He's better looking than impeccably. better looking than Mark. Age Has Mark ever won sexiest man alive? Just saying statistics. I think no. I will say between the two of them, Derek has aged much better. But in the Grays era, Mark is much prettier. I got to tell you, I think the thing that, again, I think I said this one of the last two weeks or so. Mark with Lexi and Mark with Callie Mm -hmm. are my favorite Marks. Yeah. Derek with Meredith. Without Addison is my favorite Derek. Derek as a doctor is my favorite Derek. And he's still not well, very that's, high on the list. That's that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm, I just mean, it took me a long... Because Mark, while he was the cheaty, he never was the cheater. He never cheated on anyone. He I did he break up his best Addison, friend's marriage. not in the show. They said it. She said it. That's why they oh, broke up. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I take it all back. If anyone, anyone who cheats on Addison, they both cheated on Addison. Yeah, fuck them both. But they are great. <laughs> yeah. So true. So, all right. Let's let's talk through this donation storyline. After we'll we'll circle back on that after a quick moment from our 
regional sponsors. Take it away, friends. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to-be-read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to-be-read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. And we are back. So you want to walk us through the rest of that storyline leading up to leading up to uh, the the uh, the dagger that George would get ever give everything dagger because we get Mrs. O'Malley here. Yeah, I was going to say. So first they have to tell Mrs. O'Malley and Wolf. When you really think maybe they won't show us that maybe they'll maybe they won't show us her in person. But alas, they do. Um, and first, well, first, hold on. I really want to hit on this moment after Callie confirms it's George and they're all standing there and the pagers start going off and Weber is like, excuse me, does anyone want to save some lives? But I wrote his speech down because I think that it's a really good speech. Cause at first you're like, okay, give them a minute. But then what he says really hits Uh, Richard says, you people answer your pages. George O'Malley jumped in front of a bus today. He knew what he was doing and he did it anyways, and he did it to save a life. So I'm not going to allow you doctors to stand here. There are lives on the line. There are lives we can save. So if George O'Malley can jump in front of a bus, we can answer our damn pages. So let's go. And then they all leave and he just turns around and goes, damn it. Damn it, O'Malley. So sad. And obviously he is the one that has to tell Mrs. O'Malley, which thank God they don't show that because I don't know that I could get through that without crying. Yeah, that would have been hard. Um, So Richard, Callie and Miranda are watching from a distance and she like sees Callie, Louise O'Malley, and kind of starts to come towards her. And Callie's like, I can't do this. And Miranda's like, you, you cannot walk away from this woman. Like you, you no, you do not get to leave. Which, like, God, this this is such a good Bailey episode. Ugh, my God. Um, and so Callie And it's stays. like one emotion. It's not yeah. a range of emotion. It is just heartbreak all episode. Yeah. And she acts it so damn good. And this yeah. is the heartbreak on the tail end of her saying she's leaving Tuck. So, yeah. like, this woman has been through a lot. She's going to be a single parent 
to a child named after this person. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Brutal. Yeah. So also I forgot Callie O'Malley. That's funny. I, know. I forgot about that. So Mrs. O'Malley comes up to Callie and uh, tells her. Eating her curds and whey. <laughs> you, you were his wife. And as far as God is concerned, you still are because she doesn't believe in divorce and that's her business. So she was like, you need to decide about the organs. And Callie starts to say, you know, I can't do that. And Mrs. O'Malley's like, I, I can't do it. Like, I can't even go and look at him like this. I have to wait for his brothers to come home because they're out of reach in Alaska. They're going to come home from this trip of a lifetime and I'm going to have to tell them their brother is dead. So you're going to have to make this singular decision for me. Okay. Can you do that? Can you do that, Callie? Yes. The answer obviously is yes. Like who's going to say no to that woman? She's like sobbing. Her son is dead. And her husband's dead. Yeah. So Callie then goes to Arizona and is like, I have to make this decision and I don't know what he would want. And like, I'm not his wife anymore. And Arizona was like, yeah, well you, you were though, you know, for a time in his life, you were the most important person in his life. She's like, Oh wait, no, I wasn't. You know who was Izzy? <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> it was correct though. Well, you know, I don't think George meant it to be that way, but that doesn't change the fact that it was that way. There, well, okay, well, hold on. Let's let's backtrack. I'm going to defend George here for a minute, okay? Okay. When George lost his dad and married Callie, Callie was the most important person in George's life. That just shifted very quickly. So yeah, I at, think only when Izzy wasn't there, like only when they were out of the state, <laughs> was yeah. Callie the most important person. Yeah. So there was a time. It just was not a very long time. It's not as long as Mrs. O'Malley is being led to believe. So remember that time that I did predict that they would have sex because I was correct? I do remember that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Arizona helps Callie get the revelation. They go to Izzy. And... Alex we, does not want to tell Izzy. Yes. <laughs> Alex told Meredith he wasn't going to tell her earlier. And now he's telling Callie that she's not strong enough. And Callie's like, I will fight you. And I will be correct. And you know what? She does fighting words. And she is correct because she straight up says she's like, Alex, if they unplug George before you tell her and you don't give her the chance to say goodbye, she will not forgive you. Callie is just on fire. These mm-hmm. episodes. It's so true. Yeah. Izzy she's, would never have forgiven. She's so correct. And that's a good perspective that Alex wasn't going to get from anyone else. Um, what I want to say. Sorry, let me pull up the transcript. No, you're good. Because we get a we get a good we get a really intense Callie scene that kind of blends into a couple of other storylines here, but when when Callie is having this conversation with Alex, I will say Alex has not had a lot of good redeeming qualities in these last couple of episodes. But when he when basically Callie is like, yeah, no, you, you, you have you have to do this. And Izzy sitting there on her phone calling George, leaving him messages. Yeah, because she had a vi- she had a dream. Her. She had a yeah. dream that he's going to die in the army. Yep. 
And when Alex says, I swear to God, I need you to stay alive. Yeah. All right. You got that transcript? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, he says, I need to tell you something. I need you not to panic. I need you to keep breathing. I need you to stay alive because I swear to God, I need you to stay alive. Okay. She's like, okay. And then uh, O'Malley got in an accident. He's brain dead. And she goes, I'm sorry, what? And then it cuts to them talking about the organs. And then they take her to... Well, Alex and Meredith take her to see George to say goodbye before they take him to recovery, to the, the organ recovery. And that's like, that's a really rough scene. The organ recovery scene? or the no, Well, yes, but just... The, also um, the Izzy and... Just Izzy going in. Ella, <laughs> Meredith being like, Amanda, can you fucking leave? Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to need God. the room. <laughs> Yeah, she she couldn't have said it any nicer. I'm actually pretty goes, impressed. Excuse me, Amanda, you have to go. We need the room. <laughs> and Amanda yeah. just says, "I'm so sorry." And Meredith goes, "I know," and I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, Amanda, you killed George. Okay. And then Izzy, I mean, there's no dialogue. She just takes his hand and she just cries. So. What was your feeling rewatching this with the Alex dynamic? Because I, I feel personally as I'm watching it, the vibe that I'm getting is Alex still, even in George's death, is a little bit jealous of the relationship that George and Izzy have. No, I think he's, I think he's, I mean, Alex is upset in this scene. No, no, I know he's upset, but it, th- there's a lot that's happening, right? Because he, he, his focus is obviously all on Izzy. But when she's in the room, he he like he turns away. He looks away. He can't obviously. He, there's like a, he can't see. Is he going through this? It's hard to watch. But I still get that there's just a little bit of like, damn it! Like she really does love George. No, if anything, maybe I would say too much it's like it. maybe regret for like being being shit to George. Well, and just shit to their relationship in general. Like not really having the respect for their relationship. Um, and that's kind of like rewatching this, like all season five, all I've been thinking of like, well, Izzy's going to feel like shit when George dies because they've spent no time together. And like, obviously she has cancer. Some of that is beyond her control, but even before that, like she wasn't telling him things. She wasn't telling you about the Denny stuff. And he was making more of an effort, like watching it now with a critical eye and watching, knowing what was coming. I'm like, he was trying to be a good friend. And she was really the one shutting him out. And then he dies. So it's like, it just feels like if I were her, I would just have a lot of regret in that relationship. There, there's a lot of, like, I, I rewatched the, uh, the end of season five before watching season six. Mm-hmm. And, that last scene that Meredith has, it's it's like, did you say it? Did you yeah. tell them that you love them? Did you tell them mm-hmm. that you're everything to them or whatever it is? And yeah, I, I I kind of see that going through Izzy's head. Like, I did not tell George that I loved him. I did not tell George that he is just so much to me. 
Yeah. And it's a it's a scary thought. And everyone out there listening, if you have that chance to tell the people in your life that you love them, do it. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, it's... It's a lot. Um, so do you want to talk about the funeral or... Do we save that? What do we? Is there anything else to add on George? Well, I guess we could talk about his mom coming and talking to Owen. Well, this I guess is just a whole George episode. So let's let's go ahead and, and talk it all through. Let's let's start with uh, Louise, and then we can talk about the funeral, and we'll um we'll end with the the recovery scene. Okay. Or we could start next episode with a recovery scene if we need to. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Mrs. O'Malley shows back up at the hospital near the end of the episode, um, and she finds Hunt. And she says, she tells him that she's George's mom. And she says, um, I, I need to understand like the piece, like how we ended up here. And I like the reason he wasn't at work is because he joined the army. So, you know, the chief sent him to come tell me that he was joining the army so that we could spend the day together before he enlisted. And, and I don't understand why he would have joined the army because the person I know wouldn't have done that. And Dr. Weber said, I should talk to you, which sidebar should he have Dr. Weber to pawn him off on hunt, like pawn her off on hunt like that. Yeah. Like, just kicking the can hunt. down the curb. Um, but so she's like, can you just explain to me how that happened? Because, you know, you were in the army, I guess. So like, what the fuck? And so I really like what he says. He says... Do you have the full transcript? Yes, I do. Okay, perfect. Great. Uh, Mrs. O'Malley, I didn't know him like you knew him. I didn't know him long, but he had tremendous potential as a trauma surgeon. He was very fast on his feet. He could think and act simultaneously under intense pressure. He had tremendous potential. And he was impatient. He wanted to become better, faster. He wanted to save more lives. He was good, and he was thoughtful and generous. Now, I think in the end, I think... He was heroic and noble, and I liked him very much. And I think he gave you a good reason to be very, very proud. Shit. You know, uh, this is a really good episode for Owen in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of people in this hospital that are essentially blaming him. And I don't find it to be his fault that George did this no. crazy, spontaneous thing. And I think it's an unfair assumption. Obviously, also, we as the viewer have a fuller picture, but right. Uh, that's, that's what I was going to say. I don't we find we it see the scenes. Yeah. He's never coercing yeah. him. He's never. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't even, even bring it up. He exactly. Tells him he would be a good trauma surgeon. He never says yeah. like, you would be a good army surgeon. You would be a good doctor in an active war zone. He says you would be a good trauma surgeon. And then he trains him in trauma. And then, you know, it's, I think it has more to do with the patient in the end of season five who was in the army then it has to do with Owen personally. I mean, obviously Owen is very good and maybe George sees that and thinks that his talent um, for trauma comes from his experience in the army. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I feel like it is unfair that there's so much blame on Owen. Um, Maybe we should blame Amanda, you know, watch where you're going. God, Amanda. Yeah. Also, you know, if you'd have been more, if you'd have been more interested in George, uh, first glance, maybe he doesn't have to die underneath a bus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If only. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I think that's a great 
conversation between the two of them. I think it is fair for her to want the full picture and to want to understand. And what I think this episode does incredibly well is show so many different ways that people process grief and loss. I think it really does an awesome job at like showing true like depictions of the different ways people go through grief. And it's just grief isn't linear. Grief doesn't always look the same on everybody. Grief is ups and downs. And I think this is just a really honest showing of, of what grief does to people. Yeah. And the, with this interaction, there's two things that I want to call out that stood, that stood out to me. Number one, Luis didn't blame Hunt. It was, help me understand, I'm being curious and inquisitive. I'm not being accusational, right? Which I think is yeah. huge. And also, what I really like about Hunt's response is he did not apologize. He... Yeah. He, he, one, we've come to learn that when Hunt is in the wrong, he does apologize. He has, I think, said yeah. I'm sorry multiple times. And also, he, you could see the guilt that the things that have gone on inside of him have caused to the people around him, i.e. Christina, right? Mm-hmm. So, but in this moment... George was doing something that was heroic. And at the end, at the end of the day, he saved a life, even if it took his own. And George has in Hunt's eyes, a very noble North star moral Mm -hmm. compass. Right. And if that led him to the army to save lives, just like Arizona said, like, that's That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So anyone out there who is serving the army for this particular reason, thank you. We salute you. Yeah, um, truly. But yeah, I like that Hunt didn't say, I'm I'm so sorry. He didn't. He's like, look, this is the situation. Your son is amazing. And he did what he thought was right. And that's how we honor him. We have to remember that. Okay. Great let's, scene. Let's go to the organ recovery and then we'll go to the funeral in the next episode because that has everyone in it except for George because he's dead. So Right. <laughs> um, okay, so... The organ recovery obviously comes later in that same day. Um, so it's still, it's still pretty fresh. Um, wound wise, like emotional wound wise. Um, so they take, they take George. Meredith is there. Izzy is there to a certain extent. They take George, um, to the OR Bailey is there, uh, scrubbed in and Weber is scrubbed in that we see that we know we, the two people we see scrubbed in that we know are Bailey and Weber. Um, so there is a woman, I assume it's like a nurse of some kind, um, doing admin stuff such as like reading out what the organ is and who it's going for and like making sure they have the correct information before they get started. So she starts to say kidneys, and the woman says, uh, oh, St. Luke's Children's Boise. And Bailey says, who is it for? And the woman's like, I'm sorry. And she said, who are his kidneys for? And the, the doctor says, I gave all that information to the nurse. And Bailey says, I would like you to tell me. And I think at that point, there's a, re- a realization on the other person's end that, that this, there's something else going on here. So there's no pushback. She just says, Molly Kemper, eight years old, hypoplastic kidneys. 
And Dr. Bailey says, thank you. Um, and the, the nurse gives her the clipboard so that she can go through it and basically do this to every person. And I like this as a, as like a processing tool basically for her. Again, the relationship she had with George is so complex. It's parent or not parent, sorry. Um, mentor and student. It's like the bond of this is the person that essentially saved your life and the life of your child when you couldn't give birth because there was such crisis happening around you. She was there for him through the death of his father, through his father's illness. She named her son after him. Like there's so much more here. There's so much respect. And they, you know, remember back not that long ago, he wrote that um, recommendation letter for her about how like there aren't words to describe how amazing of a person she is. There's just like a, a bond here beyond, you know, what she has with the other interns. And I like that she basically like, she knows he would want to donate the organs. There's no question there, but she wants to know who is getting them. She wants to like, I think for her, it's like being able to envision how his legacy goes on. It's like putting a, a name and a face to his memory in a way. Yeah. And for, for all of you out there listening, this exact moment, this scene is where I gave up the George hate and I, I teared up. I got emotional and you, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is, this is the coping mechanism. Yeah. Damn it, Chandra Wilson. Yeah, she really goosebumps. What the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, so good. Yeah, so there's. I good. think the word you used, heartbreak, is the perfect word for her in this episode. Because, like, this episode again with grief, it also shows that the world just keeps going. Like your yeah. world, there's as no someone choice. Experiencing loss, your world might stop, but the world continues to go on. And I think it's so interesting the way they show that in respect to these characters and to this specific person's passing. And I think for Bailey, like this is the world going on, but this is her being like, how can it go on? And she's like, well, this is what's going to get my world to, to go on is to know this and to, to be able to accept this. I need to know these things. And I think that's really, um, just a powerful, powerful moment for her. It's also so, so incredible because, and, and I'm, I'm going to kind of backtrack just a minute because we have, we have the scene where, you know, Callie is going through the list originally before Izzy says George would give everything. Callie is mm-hmm. going down the list and she's like heart, liver, eyes. And if this was real life, I imagine that, and may- maybe there's something that'll go into the next episode. But I imagine that Bailey is the kind of doctor in real life, if this was happening, that would want to stay in touch with some of these people, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, the heart and say, hey, like you have the heart of one of the most amazing people that I've ever known. And I need you to know that. Like write a little post-it note, like a post, not a post-it note, a postcard yeah. or or George's eyes, right? Like, yeah. You know, there's things about that. And there's also just so many interesting articles out there about, I think we've touched on it, is like the weight of a soul and when the soul leaves a room mm-hmm. and 
there's scientific studies that show, okay, well, the, the brain houses the soul or the heart houses the soul. And it's just so interesting to think that let's say that science can quantify that, right? Like suspend uh, there's, so I, I, I'm a religious person. Let's suspend that for a minute. If there is a piece of a soul inside of people's body within the organs, I can get behind believing if anything ever happened to like you, for example, right? And you're an organ donor and your heart goes to someone else. I can take solace knowing that some of your soul lives on forever in that Mm -hmm. person. And I think that's whatever you believe at the end of the day that helps you get through a trauma like Bailey is going through. You hit the nail on the head with the dynamic that she has with George. She's the one who told George that Izzy's dying. Yeah. It's um, it's almost uh, gives you the ability to take some peace in George's yeah. death if you're Bailey. Yeah. Daggers. Um, daggers on daggers. I Again, I just that moment is just so brilliantly written and so brilliantly executed as well. Uh, this is a this is a rough one to talk about just because like it's just so sad because like this is something that people go through all the time and it's just it's hard. Um, should we talk about the very beginning when they're like trying to save George and then he actually fully dies? Like I don't know that there's really that much yeah. to say. Let's let's but. yeah let's end the episode with that because I I don't even talked about it. It it happened so quick. Yeah, really a lot happens at once. Um they're they're working what on What actually happened? His brain just ended up swelling up and he um yeah. he herniated his out. swelled too much. Yeah. And or he bled he into his um brainstem, I think is what they said. Um Let me find it. I think it's for that cuz they call the chief in and Derek tells him what happened. Um so I don't know. Oh god, this is so Again, I'm like, uh, even like with not being a huge George fan, this is still sad. Like, I'm still oh, sad that obviously. he died. He was a great doctor. To me, just as a character, I was like, again, it went, it moved to indifference. There were, we definitely, you can go back. We definitely have episodes where we're like, wow, this is a great George episode. That's just what we wanted to see more of. And it was like, we got s- several great George episodes and then he just like stopped being in the show as yeah. much. And it was kind of like, but I... So, um, yeah, he was bleeding into his brainstem and that's like simultaneously happened while, while Richard and Miranda are working to bring back Izzy and just completely disregarding the DNR and his, yeah, they try all that different stuff on George and nothing works, but then Izzy opens her eyes after seeing him on the elevator. But yeah, Callie with the hyperventilating is fucking brutal. Yeah. And so so that's intense. Great, great freaking acting by um Sarah Ramirez. Sarah Ramirez. I was gonna say Sasha Ramirez. Sarah Ramirez. <laughs> yeah. Uh incredible acting from them. So but talented. When when Bailey walks in and Derek looks at her and he's like, We did everything. Everything. Yeah. Literally. And you just, man, I got to go re- rewatch that one scene. Yeah. 
just because you know you've got Callie, Hunt, and Derek and Meredith all in that room. Two of well, one of the world renowned, one a world renowned brain surgeon, neurosurgeon, someone who we have seen be an incredible incredible trauma surgeon. I don't know if they're mm-hmm. world renowned, but they're great. And someone who later refers to herself as, as a literal God, <laughs> you know, so yeah. much talent in that room. Um, and then also we have to mention really quick and then we'll go to the next episode. Um, when they're all yelling at Meredith, like, well, how do you know it's George? And they're like, what do you mean he wrote in your hand? And she said he he squeezed it and he wrote with his finger 007. And then Bailey takes her hand and writes something. She's like, what did I write? She's like, I don't know, Joe. She's like, no, I didn't write Joe. <laughs> and, then, um, and then Bailey's like, shut up. You don't get to talk anymore. You don't get to say anything ever, ever again. <laughs> but she was right. It was George. <laughs> yeah, she was right. But like, I truly rewatching that I'm like what's the point of this part of us questioning it like what's it was the point just truly to, to it was to to give people a false sense like of a hope mind fu- I mean I do feel like there would be a moment where maybe someone from the morgue would be like how do we how do we know this is for sure him and then maybe Callie could do the freckle thing like if you just want to like re and like make sure like obviously there's not time like you don't want to check compare dental records or whatever but like there has to be I don't know. I was like, why would you just fully say that's not George? That's like a big mind fuck for the viewers and also for those people. Yeah. Anyways. All right. We'll see you guys in part two. (laughs) Unless did you have something to say? No, that was it. Just say that again. Okay. (laughs) We'll see you guys in part two.